And in an angel shows him Jerusalem, the holy city, coming down from heaven. It's crafted with the finest and most precious metals and jewels. The lectionary left out all of the descriptions of that, like carnelia and uh, jasper and amethyst and all of the fancy jewels and metals. But it's crafted from all of those metals. The city is made of pure gold, so pure it's translucent. It's like a glass castle. A glass castle, Jeanette's father ever built. It's a perfect square, a sign of wholeness. It's 1,500 miles high and wide. That's half the width of the United States. Uh, it's 62 miles from the ground to space. So the aliens are definitely going to see the city of God when they, you know, fly by Earth when it's established. Why 1,500 miles? One scholar guesses that was the size of the Roman Empire at the time. This is an alternative kingdom to Rome. In the middle of the city, he sees exactly what Ezekiel saw in one of his visions in Ezekiel 47. A river, a river of the water of life flowing out through the middle of the street. And there are trees of life on either side that provide food all year round, and their leaves have these healing properties to them. But there's one stark difference between John's vision and Ezekiel's. Ezekiel saw the river bubbling up and flowing from the temple. In John's vision, there is no temple. Instead, there is the throne of God and of the slaughtered lamb, Jesus. The temple was the symbol and location of God's presence, a portal between heaven and earth, but it's no longer needed because God dwells fully upon earth. Heaven and earth have merged. The temple's holy of holies was the footstool of the throne of God, and now the whole throne and the one who sits on the throne has fully entered the cosmos. The glory of God and of the Lamb are so radiant and bright that the sun and moon and street lights and candles and iPhone flashlights are rendered obsolete. It's daytime all the time. And that's a, that's a moral metaphor too, right? There's no darkness of evil present anymore. Right. What grabbed my attention most as I reflect on this text was the 25th verse of chapter 21. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. Which seems like a fancy way of saying, its gates will never be shut. Its gates will never, never be shut during the day. Also, it will always be day. <laughs> so its gates will never be shut. I've been, just, <laughs> I've been reading a lot of fancy Nancy with uh, Charlie at that, at that time. And one of the recurring like literary devices is this word is fancy for this because Nancy has a tremendous vocabulary for some of her age. Fancy Nancy would love revelation. Amethyst is fancy for purple. <laughs> Sapphire, that's fancy for blue. Its gates will never be shut. Which is interesting because to have gates, you have to have walls. And why do we need walls in heaven? Walls are to keep people out, right? 
but the gates will never be shut. So there are walls, but the gates will never be shut. I wonder if that's to say that there are boundaries in this city. Boundaries of kindness and self-giving love and peace and justice and non-coercive, non-violent power of the slaughter land. Boundaries of holy consideration of neighbor's needs. Boundaries of purity and truth. There's nothing unclean or false here. Boundaries of allegiance to God and land, the source of life and truth and kindness and justice and peace and love. But the gates will never be shut. This this opened up something for me. A deep desire in our polarized, antagonistic, fractured, war-torn age. Gates are for enemies. To keep enemies out. To protect against external threats. In this city, there will be no enemies. There will be no power-hungry, war-mongering dictators. There will be no partisan strife. There will be no fear and hatred and suspicion of the other. There will be no more racism or white supremacy. There will be no more misogyny or homophobia. There will be no gates. There will be there will be no closed gates because there will be no enemies. Come, Lord Jesus, come. This vision became all the more poignant after visiting the gates of a different establishment in our city on Friday, the Dallas County Jail. Uh, These gates keep people in, not out, but they are gates nonetheless. If you've ever been to Loose Steer, Dallas County Jail, you know that walk up to the entrance in between the courthouse on the right and the jail on the left. It's a very narrow path, and you just feel dwarfed by these hundred-foot walls. I thought about the 1,500-mile walls of Jerusalem and how these walls just uh, were minuscule, or like ants in comparison. Very different walls. Most Fridays, a nonprofit called Faith in Texas shows up at the county jail for Freedom Fridays. They bail people out of jail as a demonstration against a broken system of incarceration. How is it broken? I wonder too. This is what I learned. Our county jail has failed state inspection for the past two years uh, in the midst of COVID of all times for failing to meet basic uh, humane conditions and standards of care. Uh, and they fail without any consequences or repercussions. There are 5,000 inmates at Lucerne. 75% of them are technically still innocent. They haven't even been to trial yet. Why are they there? Because they can't afford to pay their bail bond. 
So if you're wealthy, you can get out. But if you're poor, you stay in. Add to this that the courts are so slow and backed up that one inmate was incarcerated 250 days only to find out when he went to trial that his sentence was served after 120 days. He lost 130 days of his life with his family for the opportunity to work because he couldn't afford his family. Another individual waited four years. Many of these individuals don't even have a felony charge. They have smaller misdemeanors that they're charged with. Did you know that judges can release anyone from jail without bail if they're not deemed a flight risk? It's called personal recognizance. When the defendant basically says on their honor that they'll return for the trial. But instead, inmates are often booked based on a bail schedule that matches a bail amount to certain crimes and offenses without any other consideration. There's not time to consider if this person's a flight risk or not. Let, let's find the number. Okay, you're in. Faith in Texas is showing up as a witness against this unjail, unjust bail system that disadvantages the poor. Their big picture proposal is for Dallas County to reduce the jail population by 2,300 inmates, which is close to 50%, which would allow them to shut down a single tower of the county jail, and which would free up 50 to $60 million to use for you know, health services, reentry services, other social services for folks in poverty. I found myself thinking, man, what a beautiful example of God's people inspired by the vision of God's kingdom and God's preferred future. Rather than using that vision as some escapist fantasy, entering into that vision to participate with God in its realization in the present. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, Jesus said, because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release from the cap- for the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the years of the Lord's favor. The gates will never be shut. So how can we help open them today? Can we help open up the gates of our homes and tables to welcome others in hospitality? Can we help open up the gates of the county jail to set captives free and release the oppressed? Can we help open up the gates to care for immigrant and refugee families? Can we help open up the gates so that women and men, queer and straight, poor and rich, black and brown and white, can live together in beloved community? Can we help open up the gates by seeing the humanity and image of God in those whose politics are different than our own? Can we help open up the gates to see the humanity of those who may even struggle to see our own humanity? Or the humanity of our neighbors. The gates will never be shut. So how can we help open up the gates today? I'm curious, what's stirring in you? What desires for our world 
does this vision of God's world open up for you today? Um, that when you're describing that Bright City is always daytime and the gates are always open, um, kind of as a joke, I thought of the local house. And <laughs> um, like the, the doors are always open and the lights are always on. But like in a positive way, and then I couldn't stop thinking about the Waltham House as you told your story, um, because I know like in my understanding uh, is that like as a as a place of employment, like they, they sometimes intentionally employ those that um, would not get jobs at other places, mm-hmm. and um, that kind of connects with that. Path. So yeah. Um, it's just uh, visions like that that like are kind of something that That's good. I I read an article recently, and I think the title of it was "The Church Should Be Like Waffle House." <laughs> That's what I read. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Jordan. Why should the church be like that? Um, I think what it shows me is the idea of. The need of an idea, right? Mm. Um, that uh, oftentimes um, to to break the cycle of what we we have, um, we have to have an imagination for something else. Um, and the science fiction of revelation is right. Like the science fiction is also called speculative fiction, right? Just the idea. That there would be something outside of what we're used to. It's daytime all the time. What does that do? Um, there are no gates. What does that do to you? Right in that moment. Right? Now that we've set a different premise, what else can we write? What else is possible? And I think the idea that, just going back to your example of, um, Bell, um, the idea that, that the judges, Aren't evil, but they're they are stuck in a reality where someone who does a petty crime must be bailed out, and here's where they're not. Right there, there isn't a lot of room for the alternative. And what does it look like for people who have been given an imagination of an ideal world, the kingdom, right, to bring that ideal world into people who may not. Agree on the, the the base level, but agree that something needs to change. And then we all imagine together what does this world look like if we have an ideal where there is no where there is no darkness, there is no place where evil is done. Right? What does that world look like? Yeah. Um, one of my I, uh, one of my favorite like underground um, underground Christian. Rap songs is what if the world was for Christians, right? I don't know if I would agree all with it today, 
But one of the things that they said, there would be no courts. There would only be basketball courts. There would be tennis courts, right? Um, there's just this idea, what if we all played karma, right? What if we rejected what we've been told this whole time the world is like, oh, that's just life. You got to deal with it. If we rejected that and accepted a different reality, and I think that's the, the beautiful, true science fiction of, of what we're being given with that idea. Yep. I, yeah, I think you're, you're channeling the ethos of, of John and Revelation, but that, that's the function of this apocalyptic, you know, future imagination is to pull us into it, uh, to invite us to participate in, in it right now. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to share consciousness. I guess it, it piggybacking off of what you said there is sort of the line of imagination, uh, us actually imagining, visualizing what this could actually look like here in heaven. And I've been, I've been struck with the, the picture of Revelation and, uh, and last several years and talking about, okay, you know, this is the image of heaven and being brought back together. And that's what end times going to look like. Except I'm not too sure uh, anymore. As I keep on reflecting on that story, what I'm saying is, is this a picture of what is supposed to be here and now? Mm-hmm. Kingdom breaking in heaven. There is no more night. The gates are always open. Uh, those who are without the weeping and gnashing of teeth and all that, but the gates are always open. They can come in. Mm-hmm. They are, it is open for them to come in. And maybe we should go about bringing them in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we will get wrapped up in this impact stuff so much that, okay, well, and I'm good with it, that actually being a picture, but last time I looked, Revelation is pretty much all metaphor. Uh, and it means it's a metaphor of something. And is that something your will be done in heaven or your will be done in earth as it is in heaven? This is what that looks like right here, right now. And it really kind of struck me too. And I don't know, I don't know why this is coming to me at this moment. Um, I don't know if it's just something totally off on a different tangent. But it seems somehow this is reminding me of that. Okay, so please forgive me for that. So it's just for your consciousness. Like, but it's this concept of um, how uncomfortable I uh, It's this concept of how we get real uncomfortable when we uh, approach the Psalms. Again, another poetry. Um, I've been doing this a lot every evening, reading five songs to read, uh, you know, to meditate on the next And it's amazing how vicious the songs can be. And how, as a Christian, I want to reach out and say, no, 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 no. But this is about forgiveness and about love and this is about, but yet, I'm not the people that are writing those songs who will want incarceration for 250 days. Those are the people writing the songs. Those, those are the prayers of people who are going through that. And while I want to see this great idea too, have I entered into for that to happen, 
Somehow I have to enter into that mindset. The mindset that says, I want to see your children bash against the walls. You know, because I feel totally destroyed by you. Uh, and that's come really close to me as I've seen also with the situation. Right. You know, it's, and it's times where I just had to sit and sit back and say, I'm not going to talk about reconciliation for people just right now. Because you don't need to hear that right now. You need justice. You need to hear the justice. The beautiful city is there, but somehow there has to be a confrontation of the evil that it is the exact opposite of. Okay, that's, that's just true. Brian, you have an amazing comment. John would like to share. Okay, hey, John. John, yeah, uh, as you're reading that, that passage, uh, I was reminded you, of John, a reading. I'm, I'm hello, hello. Well, it's going green. Hello? No, it's just not talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, ooh, is that video? Hello. Hey. Hey. Hey, hear me now. It's the John. Howdy. I'm not muted. Oh, well. Can you hear me now? So as you're reading the passage, I was reminded of a a, uh, a book that said, uh, quoted a passage from 1 John. Again, same author. He said, uh, here's half of, here's half a verse. What do you think the rest of it is? Uh, this is a message we've heard from him and we, and, and we, and we repeat unto you in first John. And he asked, what do you think that message is? What do you think it's a, it's a, it's a Pauline, you know, uh, Romans road kind of a resurrection. But he said the message is that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That was a core message in First John. So here we are in John's Revelation. I went, wow, that is a poetic magnification of that simple sentence, God is light. That's all. Thank you, John. Now, one of the, uh, one of the frames that we talked about last week from uh, Michael Gorman, who has the? Could you click the bottom button on that? Um, thank you, Robert. One of the friends from Michael Gorman who um, has written this book, "Reading Revelation Responsibly," um, which I think is just a fun title and appropriate, as I suppose there's irresponsible ways of reading it, which is kind of what this frame is about. He says there's two extremes in relating to understanding, interpreting revelation. One extreme is the escape escapist fantasy, where this is cryptic, this is this is the the future in times, and so and 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 uh, we kind of respond passively to it. Like but we get raptured, get my ticket to heaven, uh, so that I'm good, and then essentially I can go on about my life and live my life the way that I want. Until this final apocalyptic moment when God raptures us and changes everything. So it, it, it's, it kind of functions as escape. Uh, let's stop the hook really in the here and now. Uh, the other extreme is 
Um, this is up to us. Uh, this is the vision that, that God wants to implement in the present. And, and we have to, this is our manifest destiny. We have to accomplish this. We've got to, we've got to work real hard. We have to, uh, we, we become activists. There's nothing wrong with that. But the, the, there's a deep sense of like ownership and like, this is up to us. That, Gordon would say, that, that's an extreme. But there's this middle place of, of seeing revelation for what it is, which is an inv- invitation into participation in what God is doing in the world. To, to, to realize this future that is breaking into the present in the ministry of Jesus and in the kingdom of God. But also to realize that God is the author of this. God is the initiator. God is the chief missionary and restorer and reconciler and redeemer. And so we, we participate while releasing the outcomes to God. It's that, it's that middle place that there's a role for us to play with the Dallas County Jail. Like there, there are ways we can show up to participate in what God is doing to set the captives free. But at the end of the day, part of Revelation is the invitation to trust the one who sits on the throne in the land, whose mission this is. So we can release the outcomes and we get to show up and be a part of what the one who sits on the throne in the land are doing in our world. Because they're doing it. They are, they are, uh, they are ushering in the kingdom of God. We have to look for, we have to show up and pay attention, join in, and live this practice. And that brings us to our conclusion. We'll- <laughs> <laughs>